You are listening to the official podcast of Refuge, where we believe all people matter to God. Well, good morning, everyone. What a blessing to have all of you here this morning. It is a privilege to serve in the kingdom of God. Amen. And uh, we are learning about the ultimate avenger, aren't we? Our goal is to really identify who that is in this series, and, and uh, we know that's Jesus. But I, I believe it's important for us in the day that we live in in our culture is to present Jesus to society as he really is and so that he's revealed to this generation the way he needs to be revealed to this generation as the Savior, as the Redeemer of the world. And uh, as, as members of this body of believers, if you're a member of Refuge, we are so excited. God has actually... Uh, given us a stewardship, I believe, and the assignment God has given us, I believe, is significant for the hour, for the time that we live in. And I was reminded yesterday, and I was reading in the book of Deuteronomy, how Moses, the leader of God's people, uh, told the people everything that God told him. He held nothing back from the people. And as I was reading that, you know, and I've, I've embrace this in my life in the past, but the conviction as a leader, as a pastor, to be faithful to God in delivering to you what he speaks to me, what he puts upon my heart, that I hold nothing back. Now, I can't promise that I'll never offend you with what I share, with what I preach, with what I minister, but what I can promise is I will speak the truth in love. And sometimes when people receive truth or they hear truth, it kind of hurts. It, it can sometimes go against the grain of their life and the direction they're going in. Uh, somebody said, you know, uh, if the cat doesn't like the way you're petting it, turn it around because you're most likely petting the cat backwards. And so uh, sometimes we need to align ourselves so that we can begin to receive what word God has for us. And I want to encourage you uh, this next Sunday, if you can be here, stay an extra hour for Refuge Life, a great opportunity for you to hear about the vision of Refuge and how you can be a part of it. So that's my plug. And actually, this is something you will get free. It's our own publication. And this is Discover Christianity a Refuge Resource. And this will be a gift for everyone that comes next week for Refuge Life. Now, today is actually Pentecost Sunday, and that, that's a significant time of celebration in the Christian church. In fact, uh, the Christian world is celebrating the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, which this day commemorates. It's really the promise of the Father, the outpouring of the Spirit of God upon the 120 that were gathered in that room. And it's interesting because it started out with a group of 500 because Jesus gave that assignment to tarry in Jerusalem and, until they received power from on high. And they gathered for about seven days or so. This was and, and the, in this room, locked in, praying and seeking God. And on the day of Pentecost, the Spirit of God was poured out, which gave birth to the church which equipped the believers to be witnesses for Jesus Christ, to be able to witness with the demonstration and the power of the Holy Spirit assisting them. And so we at Refuge believe in the gifts of the Spirit, and we believe they're relevant for today to equip the body of believers to be effective in our outreach 
to the community and to the world around us. And so we celebrate this day rejoicing in the outpouring of God's Spirit in our lives. Amen? Amen. Today is also, I, I want to acknowledge Memorial Day. I tell you what, uh, it's important that we uh, take special time to remember and give thanks to those who've given their lives in the line of duty to protect our freedoms. And anyone that has served in the armed forces, uh, you know, you, you laid your life on the line when, when you signed up, became government property, and your service to this country is significant in preserving our freedom. And so if you've served in the military, I want you to stand if you can today, and we just want to give you a special recognition, just an applause this morning. Thank you. Thank you for serving. And Bonnie is all dressed up today, ready to go, uh, faithful. And in fact, her, her picture was recently featured on the front page of the Warsaw uh, paper, newspaper, uh, in a recent trip to uh, Washington, D.C. Oh, it's coming, October. Oh, she's going. She hasn't gone yet, but it's coming, okay? But her picture was featured there. So, And my dad, who served uh, during World War II, at the end of World War II, he was stationed in Poland, and, and he, he took pictures of the bombed-out cities and, and just the devastation that was uh, after the war and, and the lives that were affected. But people paid the price. I think it, it's uh, best stated by Ronald Reagan, a former president. He said, we are forever indebted to those who have given their lives that we might be free. And I think there's a deeper core in that when we look at Jesus and what he did to pay a price so that we could be free. Well, are you ready for the word this morning? A key scripture, and I want you to turn there if you have your Bibles to Psalms 103. Psalms 103. And we're going to start reading at verse 10 through verse 12. And the scripture here says, He has not dealt with us according to our sins nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. This morning, I want you to allow this passage to impact your perception of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're grateful for the opportunity to minister truth and to minister your word. I thank you for the hearts of these people that have come ready to receive. Father, to open up and embrace your plan, your purpose. I pray that you give to us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened. Help us, God, to, to grasp truth that can make a difference in our lives to allow us to walk in the freedom that you made available for us through the sacrifice of your Son. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to I take just a moment and, and thank David Wallow. He's director of, of student ministries here at Refuge, who ministered in our absence last week. We had the opportunity to go down to Kansas City for our son Nathan's graduation. He graduated from International House of Prayer University, part of the Forerunner Media Institute program. 
there, and so uh, we brought him back, and now he's ready to serve and get involved here. So that's a blessing, and uh, it was great to be in Kansas City, uh, but it's, it's even great to be better to be at home, amen? Uh, I, I didn't like my stay at the hotel. I, I picked up something there that I wish I wouldn't have picked up. But uh, I'm, I'm overcoming and I'm, I'm doing well at this time, although I kind of passed on to my wife. She uh, thanked me for that. Uh, but, uh, yeah. So, any questions today? Anybody have any questions today? You know, sometimes you may have heard this said, uh, that there's no such thing as a dumb question or a stupid question. Have you ever heard that said? Uh, that may hold true unless you work in a customer service department. Okay, because uh, I'm sure you may have heard some dumb questions. I was on the phone, uh, internet at home went out this past week, or, or actually Friday, so I was on the phone probably almost an hour talking with Charter, and I was thinking, this lady must think some of these questions I'm asking is stupid, because, uh, you know, and we didn't quite connect. And so I, I really couldn't get my point in what I was trying to communicate what the issue was, so I, I just hung up and I called again and talked to someone else who was kind of able to help me resolve the issue. So if you don't first succeed, just call again, right? Um, uh, so, but another saying you may have heard, good things come to those who wait. How many of you believe that's true? Well, the things that come to those who wait are the things left by the others who got there first. So... You may not want to wait too long because you might miss something. Uh, I, I believe, and as, this series is interesting, and I want to really let you know that ministering relevant messages that relate to the culture is, is a strategy that can reach people with the truth of Jesus Christ. And according to Barna surveys, he states that 61% of today's youth had been churched at one point during their teen years, but are now spiritually disengaged. Now, how can we as a church effectively reach this generation, reach the youth? Because if they're disengaging from the things of God, somehow we need to engage them. So when inviting people, let them know that our church is talking about the Avengers this month. That may just intrigue someone that may just get them through the door. And it's not a gimmick, folks. It's not a manipulation, but it's trying to help us relate to the world out there because we're not going to be insider-focused anymore. We want to focus on the goal that's before us in reaching our community for Jesus. Can you say amen? amen. Um, and so we want to encourage you to take some of these brochures with you. We have one more week in this series. And pass these out. This is a perfect uh, witnessing tool, or invite tool that you can use. And then there's information if they don't come next Sunday or if they don't come next month, they have this. And they, maybe sometime later, if they don't read it right away, they'll read it and they'll say, oh, wow, this is interesting. And it might catch their attention. And before long, we may see them in this very place to hear the word of God that can set them free. Can you say amen? Now, and it's, I want to state this. It's not our intent to promote a movie. That's not the point. Our intent is to point attention to the ultimate avenger. Because if the world is focused in one direction, we want to adjust that focus in the right direction. 
And as, as we realize, parents, if, you know, when it comes to your kids and what movies they watch, you need to use discretion. Plugged in, Movie Guide is a great resource online. I focus on the family, and it'll help you to know what's out there, what the ratings are, and what's recommended. And uh, parents should always use direction in, in that regard. But I want you to hear this statement. Movies are modern-day parables. Jesus taught with parables. He would take a story. And, and some of those stories were not true, but Jesus would tell a story to relate a truth. And so in our society today, movies are a big thing. Now, 100 years ago or more, those things didn't really exist. But today, there's something that really gripped the hearts of people in our culture. And so we need to be strategic and, and wise in, in how we capitalize on that. So movies are modern-day parables. And you've heard me say this again. Maybe you can repeat it with me. Every great movie or story has certain components that make them great. There's what? A great conflict. There's a great sacrifice. And there's a great victory. And there's usually an evil villain and a victorious champion. And, and that's really, it relates to the greatest story ever told about God's plan for humanity. We have discovered that the word avenger is found in the Bible. Can you believe that? It's actually in its, that form avenger is found 18 times in the New King James Version. In other forms, it's actually 46 times. So it's in the Bible. We, we see that word. Avenger means to take vengeance on behalf of someone. It means to inflict punishment or penalty in return for or giving revenge. It's getting back. It's getting even. It's to retaliate or to attack someone who threatens their existence. And so those are meanings of the word avenger. And this month we have learned that we are not to avenge ourselves. According to Romans 12, 19, the scripture says, Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. See, human nature always wants to get even. Human nature always wants to strike back or retaliate when they're wronged. But yet God has a, a different way of dealing with, with those sort of things. And, and that's some of the things what we're learning about. Now, today, we're talking about the black widow. And, and I don't know about you, but I, for one, don't like spiders. Now, my daughter, Mackenzie, especially does not like spiders. If she discovers or even detects or even thinks there's a spider in the room, she instantly gets me on the scene. And I'm there as her protector and defender to kill all spiders. And now she, I have to give her credit she has actually killed her first spider. And she showed me the proof and the evidence of that. So uh, she's coming around. I'm trying to teach and train her to deal with these varmints. But uh, we need to understand um, <laughs> the black widow spider is the most poisonous spider in North America. Uh, it's only really the adult female that we have to be concerned about. And now, the, the female black widow is easy to recognize because it's got a reddish hourglass symbol or on, on its backside's kind of shiny. 
And the, the black widow is, is known as black widow because she is cannibalistic. Uh, although people say she eats her mate, but that's not true. She only eats her mate if she perceives him as food, okay? If that makes sense. So, so sorry, honey, I didn't know I was eating you, you know? Okay, <laughs> yeah. So, but that's, she's got a kind of bad reputation for that, but maybe she's hired or got poor eyesight or something. You can't tell that out. But, uh, but Proverbs 30, verse 28 says, The spider skillfully grasps with, with, with its hands, and it is in king's palaces. I don't know how they get in our house, how they get in our stuff, but they seem to show up everywhere. Now, growing up on the farm, you know, uh, with four other brothers and two sisters, uh, the five of us used to like to do exploring and, and, and discover nature. And one of the things we discovered was the daddy long legs. How many of you know the daddy long legs? Now, I don't want to tell you what we did with those, <laughs> but uh, we weren't really afraid of them. But I can remember one time in the garage, there was this web. And Dad, you probably remember this. And there was this big, fat spider, and it had these horns on it. And I can remember when we were driving to the garage, that spider web and that big spider was there. It was right in the center. It was, like, real obvious. Now, I don't know why my dad never killed it. I think we were just wanting to see how big it would get. But uh, it was a big spider, and I can remember. Uh, maybe you left it there because you didn't want us to go up and mess with your tool bench. But it was a good deterrent, if, if that was your, your thinking, Dad. But uh, uh, spiders, and I, I just, you know, ugh. and going to Africa from time to time, God has been very gracious with me. I have not discovered huge tarantulas in my luggage or anything like that. I have seen a few crawl, not tarantulas, but spiders go across the room. But nothing life-threatening, okay? Now, in the movie Age of Ultron, uh, Avengers, Scarlet, uh, Johansson plays the Black Widow. That's uh, a, a name that was given to her in Marvel's Avengers movie. And her character, a backstory, is unveiled in, in this most recent film. And it, it's really kind of a sad past. And, and what this woman dealt with, uh, this, this character. Now, she has a dark past and has faced death many times so that she really has a deep perspective on the value of life. Now, there, as I said, there's sadness in her past. Her name is Natasha, and she was actually kidnapped as a young woman and brainwashed into being a trained assassin. Get that. And then sent out as a Russian spy. And so she had false memories giving her an incorrect recollection, recollection of who she was. Um, and yet, eventually she breaks free and joins the Avengers to fight for justice. In other words, she gets on the winning team. She gets on the right side of life. And so, but her goal is really to right the wrongs of her life because she lives with this deep, dark past that's just looming over her that's pressuring her and really persecuting her. And she's trying to do what's right, but it's difficult in light of her past. Uh, she's a superhero, 
but she's also human. She's small, but she's strong. And in fact, she was very much on the wrong side. And, and there's a parallel story that we can talk about. The story is a true story. It's about a man named Saul of Tarsus. And Saul, who later became Paul, was a man that was so in opposition of the church. He was the number one foe of the early Christian church. He not only persecuted the church, in fact, it's mentioned that he was holding the cloaks of those who stoned uh, Stephen, Stephen, the first martyr of the church. So he was in full agreement with, with killing an innocent man, stoning him to death. <coughs> he was one that, with his passion, with his zeal, he went out to arrest, imprison, and put Christians to death. He was a persecutor of the church. And so on the one assignment, he was going to Damascus, on the road to Damascus. And, and let me tell you, Saul of Tarsus, I'm sure, was on everyone's, at that time, Christian's prayer list, number one on the prayer list. Pray for this guy. And they, they weren't praying necessarily probably that hell and judgment and fire would fall on him, but they were praying that he might be saved. And so Jesus met him on the road to Damascus, appeared to him, and he had an amazing uh, conversion and came to Christ. And he went totally from the dark side to the right side and began to serve the call and the purpose of God. And even though he has a dark past, two-thirds of the New Testament were written by him. It's amazing what God can do when he gets somebody on his side. Can you say amen? amen. And so, so Paul was bad news at one time in his life. He was a radical religious zealot. I mean, he was passionate about stopping the course of Christianity and the spread of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, Paul dealt with the dilemma of his dark past, and he called himself the chief of sinners. He was the number one enemy of the church. In 1 Timothy 1.15, we see, and this, uh, verse 15 says, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. So he said, nobody's worse off than what I was. Nobody did what I did. But yet, I found forgiveness. I found salvation. I discovered God's love and accepted his mercy, which brought about transformation in his life. Now, what's really interesting, and in a scene that was actually cut from this most recent movie, the black widow makes a mistake of talking to one of the villains. And during their conversation, it becomes clear that the enemy knows all about her past and brings it up into her face. And one of the statements this enemy villain says, he says, your ledger is dripping with red. You lie and kill in the service of liars and killers. Now we realize this is merely a tactic that the enemy often uses against us. He brings up our past. Now, I once heard a minister say, if the devil keeps bringing up your past, just remind him of his future. Right? 
And uh, you look at the end of the book, he loses. God wins, right? And so the devil will always try to dig up the past and keep it before you, and it paralyzes you. It, it stops you in your present, and it prevents you from moving into the future destiny that God has for you. Because that past, it's just like, I did this. I was that, and, and now I have all this baggage. I have all this pain that I may have caused in others and in my own life. And now I have to live with this. Now, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Now, this passage to me is, is so liberating. And it's interesting that this was written, this revelation was given to the Apostle Paul who had such a horrible past. And 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Now, what's interesting, to be a new creation, that means you're something it's something that did not exist before. <coughs> it's a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. In other words, there's a fresh start. There's a new beginning. There's a second chance. This is what we have in Christ. So how do we get in Christ? Well, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that later. But we can be in Christ because when we're in Christ, then our past doesn't matter. Now, you might say, well, what if somebody committed a crime and they go to prison and they find Jesus in prison, they get saved, they give their heart to Christ. Their past doesn't matter to God, they're forgiven. But yet, sometimes there's consequences. And I've heard it said this way, you know, Jesus paid our debt, and yet sometimes we still have a debt to man to pay in the natural. And so just because somebody, you say, now I do know one individual that the governor a number of years ago gave a pardon because he had such a radical conversion. And this guy was a drug dealer. He was a troublemaker. He was in prison, and the governor gave him a pardon. The governor of Wisconsin gave him a pardon. And so this man went on to serve in ministry and be a leader in our state and do great things for the kingdom of God. And so we know that in, even in the natural sometimes there can be a pardon. But yet the truth remains in Christ Jesus. Old things pass away. It's not on God's radar. It's not on his scope. He, he doesn't focus on those things anymore. But yet so often we focus on those things we all have a past. There's all, every one of us have things that we're ashamed of, that we've done, that we're not proud of, that we've done. But we need to get past that. Now, we can't try to justify it. We can't try to make excuses for it. We need to be honest with God, admit our failure, admit our sin. See, if you try to justify sin, Jesus can never justify you. There's no forgiveness unless you acknowledge your wrong, you acknowledge your mistakes. You've got to come to that place where you admit you're a sinner in need of a Savior. Now, there's life lessons that, that we can learn that point us to the ultimate avenger. And this, if you're taking notes, you might want to write this down. No matter how bad you've messed up, your life is redeemable. Your life is salvageable. Just don't put it off today. 
or don't put it off because the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Now is the acceptable time. Some people say, well, uh, I'm going to live my life young. I'm going to live my life wild. I'm going to live my life free in the concept of free. And then when I'm older, then I'll settle down and I'll really, you know, give my heart to God and serve him. Some people think, well, maybe the end of my life, before I die, I'll, I'll get it all right. I'll make my peace with God. And, and I can remember praying with a man that was on his deathbed. And I'd ask him if he had made his peace with God. And he was honest with me. He said, no. I said, it's time to make you peace with God. And I had the privilege and opportunity to pray with him to receive Jesus. And I can remember after the prayer, the presence of God filled that hospital room. The peace of God filled that hospital room. And a smile came on his face, and I could tell that he had just made peace with God. He had found reconciliation, he had found forgiveness. And I knew that when he died, uh, he would go to heaven. Now, the man actually ended up recovering, was out of the hospital in, for a period of time, and then uh, about a year later or so, then finally passed away. But God gave him like a, a whole extra period of time on this earth when he was dying. I mean, the doctor said, there's no hope. But God gave him a little more time on this earth to, to walk with him and to enjoy his new relationship with him. Now, I, I believe that in this room, and this is my declaration over every one of you, that I am looking and beholding champions of faith. Now, this specifically is something that the Lord spoke to me yesterday in prayer. The Lord just put this on my heart to speak this over you today that you are champions of faith. And God wants your name to be written in the hall of faith. Now, the hall of faith we know is Romans, uh, not Romans, but Hebrews chapter 11, talks about all the men and women of faith in the Bible that did extraordinary things for the kingdom of God. And, but yet, that hall of faith is not limited, as far as God's concerned, to the book of Hebrews. That hall of faith has room for you and for your entry to be written. But more importantly, for your name to be written in the book of life. Wow. Because there's a book. It's called the book of life. And whoever's name is not found written in the book of life cannot enter heaven. But they have to go to hell, which is a, a sad scenario. So one of the things we need to learn from this life lessons is that he makes somebodies out of nobodies. Somebodies out of nobodies. He makes victors out of victims. He makes saints out of sinners. Jesus Christ is the ultimate transformer and avenger of evil. And he, when given your life, will do something with it. Jesus said in John chapter 15, apart from me you can do nothing. Yet the scripture tells us in Philippians 4.13, with Christ I can do all things. We're empowered to live victoriously as an overcomer. <coughs> Excuse me. Now there's one decision we make in life that affects eternity. And I just want to talk about that for a couple moments. We can never excuse sin or justify sin, 
but we can admit that we have sinned. I want to restate that. We can turn to God for forgiveness. He will remove our transgressions. He will deal with the guilt. People always try to do something. They feel guilty. They try to cover it up some way. The blood of Jesus is the only thing that can address guilt in our lives. Again, Psalms 103, this is the verse we began with. And we want to look at this again. Psalms 103, verse 10. He has not dealt with us according to our sins. Aren't you thankful? Because if that were the case, we would have all been hopelessly lost. Nor punished us according to our iniquities. See, we deserve punishment. But he chose not to punish us. But he chose to redirect that punishment on his very son who bore the shame, the pain, and the brutal punishment that you and I deserved. It goes on to say, For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards those who fear him. Now think about it. The separation between heaven and earth, that's quite a distance. And in the day this was written, there was no way that man could reach the heavens. Now we can do it in rocket ships today. But the distance was in the mind of man at that time was uncomprehendable. There was just no way that we could ever reach the heavens. And yet, so great is his mercy towards those who fear him. Verse 12, and as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Now, I'm so glad he didn't say north and south. Because if I keep moving north, that's north, by the way, the corner of the building, corner of the wall here. If I keep going north, at some point, I'm going to start going south. I'm, uh, north and south are going to meet, okay? But guess what? East and west never meet. If I go east, I can keep going east. I'll never meet west. The only way is if I turn around, then I'll go west. And then I'll keep going west, and I'll never meet east unless I turn around. And so God has cast our sins behind him. And he's not going backwards. He's not looking back. He's going forward. So you will never, God will never bring up your sin again to you. They're separated as far as the east is from the west. Okay? In Colossians 1, 13 and 14, it says, He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. We have it. We have it. So let's receive it. And then the last verse of Scripture I want to direct you to, we see here in John 8, 24. And this is interesting because Jesus in his address to the Pharisees and the religious leaders of the day, he says, therefore I said to you that you will die in your sins. He, he confronted these religious leaders of their sin, but they were unwilling to repent. They were unwilling to turn. And so Jesus was giving them the reality of what they were going to have to face. He said, I tell you that you will die in your sins. For if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. You don't want to die in your sins. 
There's forgiveness for your sins. Jesus wants to take sin out of you. He'll remove sin from you as far as the east is from the west. He deals with sin. He took our sin upon himself when he went to the cross so that you would not have to bear the consequence of them. God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Jesus. What an act of love. Thanks for listening to The Refuge Podcast. For more information about who we are and to listen to more inspirational messages for free, visit us online at wearerefuge.net.